talk about the issues that we're facing on a daily basis. I am your host, Karen Davis-Thompson. I'm so excited to work on our series here about race in America. And so for today, I wanted to get some perspective from law enforcement. And so two gentlemen were um, really gracious to join me today. And so I have Michael Bucciarelli. I hope I did not murder that. No, that's Is that perfect. Right? That's perfect. And Anthony Collins. So Michael, why don't you start and just tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in law enforcement and why this was a career path that you chose. Yeah, I've been uh, with the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office now for uh, 11 years. Um, I started as a patrol deputy, uh, as a detective, worked in school resource, um, our street crimes unit, um, as well down as the courthouse, and then was able to make corporal here this past year. Um, and getting into law enforcement was something that happened for me at a young age, uh, where there were, there were programs called Cops and Kids, uh, where I grew up in Boston that uh, you were able to stay after school and meet police officers um, and meeting these police officers in that setting kind of gave me the idea of this is something that I want to look into and uh, later on in life I, I fell into it. Thank you so much for that and so now we have Anthony who will tell us a little bit about himself and Anthony Collins why you chose law enforcement how long you've been in it and anything else you want the audience to know. Yes ma'am so my name is Anthony Collins I'm born and raised I'm a Tampa native uh, grew up in the neighborhood, the College Hill neighborhood. Um, graduated from King High School. Growing up as a young man in in, in that type of environment, uh, obviously I saw some issues as it relates to society or relates to law enforcement. Growing up at a, at a young age, and I was exposed to a lot of uh, older men. Um, and some of those men told me, "Says son, you really don't have a." a right to complain about anything unless you put your, unless you put yourself in a position to, to affect change. Um, so that was one of the main reasons I decided to join law enforcement. Uh, before going to, into law enforcement, I joined the U.S. Army. After I joined the U.S. Army, uh, I started working at the Sheriff's Office. I started as a patrol deputy in what is now called Uptown in, uh, up in the northern part of Hillsborough County. From there, I worked in multiple multiple different areas as a deputy and a detective, and now I am currently the major of District 5, which oversees the uh, whole area of Brandon, Progress Village, part of Valrico, and Grant Park. Thank you very much for that. I, I want to, again, thank both of you for agreeing to do this with me today. And so I just want to start with asking you, um, obviously, there's been quite a bit of unrest since the uh, death of George Floyd. And I just wanted to ask both of you to just give me your thoughts when you saw the video. What came to your mind? What were you thinking when you saw that? And Anthony, we can start with you. Um, when I saw the video, I saw it and I looked at it multiple times. Um, and it was horrible in itself. The, the, the entire incident, he was he was handcuffed, he was on the ground. Uh, I think the biggest part of it or the worst part of it for me was out of the eight minutes and 46 seconds, there was probably a two to three minute period that he was visibly uh, unconscious at, at, at a minimum and probably more or less deceased at that point. Um, and, and it still didn't click and register to, to, the, to the officer that, that he had already done something so egregious and he, he still didn't try to make an effort to self-correct the, the issue. Um, obviously, when I saw that video, it, it hurt me on a personal level. It hurt me on a professional level. Uh, as a, a black male who has two black and brown children um, who have saw me leave my house for the last 16 years in uniform, and, and they pray for me to come home to them, 
Uh, now I have to go home to my two kids and explain why someone who wears a uniform similar to the uniform they've seen me wear for the last 16 years would do something so stupid. And truthfully, there's really no, there's really no explanation I can explain to my kids, let alone to, to the rest of society. Thank you for that. And Michael, what went through your mind when you saw the video? Uh, when I watched the video um, and, and just seeing a George Floyd, uh, Floyd uh, laying there and just unresponsive at times, it just looked horrible that this guy that, you know, obviously whatever reason we're there for, he needs help. So at some point, when were we going to give him that help? I mean, he's laying there handcuffed and just we're watching him on the ground. Why not just, you know, help him? He's saying he needs help. I just didn't understand with why we continue to just sit there and do nothing, even when people were yelling, hey, you know, he's not breathing or there's something wrong. And you can visibly see that, um, you know, as the major said that he just became unresponsive. So it's like, let's stop, reassess the situation, um, you know, and, and, and get him help or move him to where he is able to breathe better. Um, I mean, there was, you know, a few of them there. It just didn't make any sense to me, especially with the training that we have here and what we've done, you know, why it just wasn't corrected. Um, but then it could have been a different outcome, I feel. Thank you so much. And so I just was wondering, I know this did not happen in our area. Uh, we're in Florida. Um, but obviously there have been protests all over this country since his death. And just wanted to get a feel for what it's been like out there for you all as you see the protesters. Obviously, there are some people out there who are looting. And of course, we don't condone that. But what has been your sense out there? What's been the feeling? What have people been saying to you as you've been out um, in our community since this happened? Michael, how about you start? Uh, for me, uh, I honestly haven't been uh on the front line of a, a protest uh, per se. Um, I've been out in the street. I work the midnight shift, so I have to cover the zone out here on patrol out in our District 3 area. Uh, being out here and, and being in the public, um, there have been some I mean, people that have asked questions on, you know, how do things get to that or what do we do here at the office that is a little bit, you know, that I can speak on because, again, you know, I wasn't there or I'm not in these other cities and states where. There, there are some issues that have come up. I can only talk about what we have here, and you know that we don't do chokeholds, that we don't do these type of uh, strangle holds or things like that. That's just not in what we've been trained to do. So just talking with uh, citizens and, and things that we do here at the office that are different to trying to give them, you know, that that hope that you know we are doing what's right here at the office. Um, and also some people have come up and said, hey, we do appreciate you know, what you guys are doing out here that, you know, don't forget that there's people that, you know, see what you guys do every day that are here to help citizens. And uh, this is just maybe a small token of that what's kind of going out on in other cities and states. So um, just so both avenues of, you know, questions about what, what are we doing differently or what we can do to be better. And then, you know, there and then some support out there as well, knowing that, you know, there's, there's people out here that do appreciate us. And Anthony, what have people been saying? What have you been hearing in the community? So I've been at, at multiple protests um, and a lot of people are crying out for change and they just want people to listen. They want the elected officials to listen. They want uh, the, the country as a whole to listen to some of the things that people quite frankly feel have been neglected or, neglected or just unanswered over, over the course of years and years of, uh, of systemic 
you know, racial issues, systemic socioeconomic issues, or issues. Um, so those are those are the, the biggest things I've taken away from the protests I've been to. Is they people just want it. people want to be heard and they want to they want to see change. Thank you for that. And have you noticed, uh, Michael? And I'll ask you this first. As a white police officer, have you ever noticed you've stopped? Um, you know, someone for a traffic stop, what have you, a person of color, did they, did you ever feel like they uh, were nervous, even more so, obviously, everybody gets nervous when you get pulled over by the police, that's just a natural reaction. But did you ever feel like they're afraid, just because of what's going on in society? Have you ever had the sense that they were uncomfortable? And how did that make you feel? Yeah, I, I have had traffic stops, um, where immediately, uh, People of color that will stick their hands out the window immediately to say, "Hey, I, you know, I don't have anything," I, I, you know, and I'll try to then say, "Okay, you know, I appreciate that," and let them know, you know, this is what why you were stopped, and this is what you know I need from you. And if you have those items, usually in your license, registration, proof of insurance, things of that nature, um, and and just try to calm the, the setting down. Um, you know, I appreciate that. That hey, they're letting me know that I have nothing here, and you know, they they feel that. They need to do that because they're scared, and I try to put people at as much ease as I can. I, I know, um, you know, it's just my one traffic stop, but if I can, I do try to put people at ease, and I appreciate them that hey, you know, you don't have anything in, in being up front with me. So I, I've seen it on that on that level. And Anthony, how about you? Even as an African American officer, have you ever had people who seemed like they were more afraid than you, just the typical nervousness because you're a police officer? In some cases, but very, very, uh, very rarely, to be quite honest with you, because I'm so approachable um, and not not overly you know, to the point where I'm unsafe, but to the point where I try to make people feel like I am, I'm truly with them, you know, regardless of what the issue is, whether, I mean, whether, whether it's a traffic stop, just because somebody commits a traffic violation, that doesn't mean they're not still human. Um, and we all we all commit some of these issues, even even law enforcement officers. So, um, it's just treating people the right way is the, the, the number one thing. Growing up as a kid, treat people the way you want to be treated. So, in most cases, I I normally don't see it towards me, but that's because I feel like the image that I put out is is a receptive image. And, and Michael, does it ever? How does it make you feel when that happens? Do you are you sad? Do you feel like? you know, what is happening in society is just making, um, in some ways, your job more difficult um, when you're having to make those stops. Uh, because I know for me, you know, I'll just be honest, I, I have two Black children. I have a son who's 20. And I'm always telling him, if you get stopped, put your hands, don't, don't, don't make any sudden movements. Like, I feel like I'm having to have a conversation that, you know, in some ways I, I wish I didn't have to have just because I'm afraid for him because of what I see happening every day. And so how does it make you feel when you know the person is clearly like freaking out um, because of what's going on in our society today? For me, it, it, it's terrible because I know how I treat people. I know how I'd want to be treated. And I try to, you know, when I go out to a call, traffic stop, to treat everyone, everyone the same, you know, um, you know, if someone did something that's a violation or a crime, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. So I, I try to give them that how I'd like to be treated. Um, I do understand that with things going on that they are worried because they what what's seen and 
um, with social media and things of that nature today, everything really gets brought to light and you really do see it on a quicker stance than probably ever before. So for us as law enforcement, I think, you know, try to, you know, if we get on a scene and just talk to people and treat them as people. Um, and I just think if we can hopefully continue to do that, that, um, and, and have some relationships that they'll can, we can build some type of trust. Cause at the moment I feel like, um, it's kind of lost at the moment. And I, I'll give pose this to both of you. Do you feel like you just mentioned it a little bit, Michael? Do you feel that what's going on um, in communities, whether you know not necessarily here, but just in general, does it make it harder for you all to develop and cultivate those relationships in the communities um, that you serve? And Anthony, I'll, I'll, I'll let you start. In, in Hillsborough County, I get to tell you, I think what we have is an anomaly compared to other places. Um, we we have establish intentional relationships with many community stakeholders. And, and I say establish, establish and maintain relationships with many community stakeholders, um, not just in light of tragic events, but we have relationships with multiple entities prior to any, any incident occurring, which, which is one of the sheriff's biggest philosophies is he, didn't, he doesn't want us to have good community relations when things are bad or during political season, when it's time to campaign to, to, to run for re-election, which is what you see in most places, we have we have relationships. I, I'm a I'm a, a member of the NAACP and the sheriff the sheriff knows it and not only does he know it, he, he is one hundred percent supportive of it and he even supports the the organization financially. So um, the relationships you have in place prior to these things happening is 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 very impactful to how things are seen you know, subsequent to bad incidents happen. Obviously, somebody approaches you after something something goes wrong and they try to establish a relationship where it just, it's, it's disingenuous um, and people see it and, and, and they should see it because it's not, it's not authentic. So just trying to have those relationships with the community before tragic events happen is, is, is paramount. And Michael, how about you? Does it make it harder for you when when you have so much distrust or so many things that are going on in the community where, you know, now we're going back, you know, weeks, months where, you know, things are coming to light that maybe people didn't know about. How do you think that affects the ability for you guys to really cultivate trust in the community here locally, even though some of these things may not be happening here? Yeah, I think it's ex- extremely hard because, uh, you know, we're even if it's just a police, someone's just a policeman or a deputy, that it helps with that same standard throughout the whole country. Um, so I think it makes it hard. You know, you see someone we're still have a badge, and um, you know, I think we're held into that light. But uh, to kind of go off with what the major said, that um, the sheriff here has started programs. I know, so it's hard to say, you know, how we're a little different from these other cities. But we he started the walk it like we talk it, where people will go out and the deputies will go and meet people and walk around in the communities to start conversations. Um, you know, here we also have the Boys and Girls Club where there's deputies that are on site that interact with uh, the kids that are there. Um, also, um, I've been very fortunate for the last seven years. Uh, I've had a program called Deputies and Kids where I uh, do an after school program at, the, at a couple of schools here in Hillsborough County uh, where other deputies will come and will interact with the kid and do uh, basketball, flag football or other programs to interact in a, a non-law enforcement setting. Um, so they can kind of see what's really behind the badge, um, you know, with us not in a uniform, you know, just in a t-shirt and shorts and talking to them, playing with them and, and striking up conversations. Um, so, uh, for here, I think for here in this county, I think that it's, 
we're kind of ahead of, hopefully ahead of uh, the curve on trying to do things more proactive than trying to come back and fix something afterwards. And I would agree. I think programs like that are very beneficial because it does allow um, your community to see you in a different light. Um, and I agree with you, Anthony, that it, it can be disingenuous when you come to me after things have happened. And now it's like you're do- you want me to believe that you, you care when, um, you know, that's only coming to light after some things have co- come up and been in the media. And so I appreciate that you guys have talked about some of the programs that you have. Um, and just to switch gears now a little bit, tell me, both of you, what is the most difficult or the hardest part of being in law enforcement? And Michael, why don't you start? Just trying to make sure you do everything right because you're held to such a higher standard. So I want to say that's difficult. It's something that we should be doing. Um, and just to make sure that, hey, it's just treating people how you want to be treated. Um, and you know, being accountable and being accountable for not just you, but the others that are out there. Um, so I think that's just something that, you know, we need to do and do better on. But um, so I wouldn't say if it's a hard thing. I think it's a necessary thing that, you know, we, we should be doing. And Anthony, what about you? I'd say the hardest part of the job is our agency specifically being compared to other other people. I guess in, in the sense of being placed in a in a in a general sense or generalities. Um, the hardest part of the job is is people see the uniform and they instantly instant instantaneously go to George Floyd. Um, and and sometimes people don't. Or don't or are open-minded enough to get down and figure out who you are really as or who you are as a person really um, other than just the badge um, and then I think that I think once you really start figuring out who people are as a person um, then that that will help evaluate some things but the hardest part of the job is is probably just sometimes people don't understand you as a person they just put you in this this basket that hey you're, you're a cop so you're, you're part of you're part of the problem without without knowing you know things like I you know I have relatives that have been arrested by the same agency I work for without knowing that you know I, I couldn't walk in the store as a kid with my hands in my pockets because my dad thought that people people would think we were stealing um, but until you get to know people that's probably the hardest part is just being put in the general in the general sense. I guess I never really thought of it that way. That is true. I guess when you have a job like police officer, that's what people think of you as and not the other things that make you who you are. So um, let's kind of delve into that a little bit. So Michael, other than a police officer, how else would you describe Michael Buccelli? What else? Oh, I said it wrong, didn't I? No, I Bucciarelli. Bucciarelli. Bucciarelli, yes. (laughs) What else would make up who you are as a person? Uh, Obviously a, a family oriented person um love my community uh i, I do a lot of extra uh here for the hillsborough county um so um and i guess just being myself i feel like uh just being you know outgoing and um and being a hard worker so you said you're from boston right yes do you ever miss home being here in florida what, what do you think of florida uh, so I, I came to school when I went to University of Tampa in, in 2004, graduated in 2008. Um, so it was a big difference coming from uh, Boston to here for me, uh, growing up in just a bigger city. Um, so and then coming to Tampa, that just wasn't so big, which is kind of nice that you can actually 
I'll be able to walk a whole city. Um, but um, but it, I ended up obviously liking it enough that I stayed um, and taking a chance and coming down here. Uh, just really love the area. Um, love that you know you're you're here in the Gulf. The weather is fantastic, um, and was able to meet a lot of people and create some great friendships uh, being down here. And how did you end up here for the University of Tampa? Because, you know, we think we're a big city. We know we're not, but we think we are. <laughs> how did you end up going to school here for, for, for college? So as a lot of uh, snowbirds ventured down here, my grandfather had ventured down here. Uh, and he, went, he bought a place in Clearwater. Um, so I came down to visit him and to be able to, I know it's terrible, but to miss time at school, you need to be able to go to some colleges and universities so you can get your vacation day. So I incorporated a couple of days to go visit colleges while I was down here um, and looked at uh, a few schools, one being University of Tampa, and then just walked that campus um, and, and met some people there and, and really enjoyed it and applied. And luckily enough, I, I got in there. And then once I was there, I ended up taking a criminal uh, justice or criminology with, uh, for University of Tampa um, and enjoyed it. Did a few internships with TPD, uh, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, uh, a couple of police agencies up in Massachusetts as well. And I just felt that for the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, I had a lot to offer with different avenues or areas to work in that a lot of these other agencies didn't have. And I and I said uh, I'd, I'd go with the Sheriff's Office and ended up sticking around. And I've been here uh, well, 18, almost 18 years coming up on now. Well, thank you for that. And Anthony, other than being a police officer, what would you say describes who you are? What would you want people to know about you? Uh, although I'm not perfect, I am a man of God. I am a father. I am a husband. Uh, I am very much intimately aware that I was born a black male and I would die a black male. Um, and obviously I'm a law enforcement officer, but you said outside of that, um, those are the things that that i would want people to know about me thank you very much for that and just as we are getting ready to wrap up here just wanted to um ask first you you all talked about the fact that we really are unique here in hillsborough county uh, here in florida where we live where we've got uh, some programs in place to really kind of connect with the community but just in general what do you think needs to change to kind of just overall help there to be more trust and a better relationship between law enforcement and uh, communities of color, black communities? Um, Anthony, I'll let you go first. I think community involvement is is paramount um, in, in, in doing the community engagement and community outreach. Uh, obviously, that would afford people to voice their concerns in a platform or form, in, or form in which we as law enforcement can listen and apply some of those those issues or those matters that that the community are crying out about. Um, I think without community outreach or community relations, uh, we could have panels, we could have forums, um, and we could come up with every kind of Zoom meeting or go to meeting known the man, but I think until we start putting some of this stuff into action, uh, specifically through our youth, uh, not to say we can't rehabilitate adults, but Frederick Douglass said it best, it's it's easier to build younger children than it is to repair a broken man. Um, and I think until we start focusing on our youth and making them a priority, um, 
I think we will we'll, we'll just continue to have, you know, useless conversations. So we need to make our youth our priority collectively from a community standpoint and from a law enforcement standpoint. And Michael, how about you? What do you think needs to change? What needs to happen? Um, I think we have to listen. I think as uh, law enforcement or even um, the commissioners or everyone involved, we have to listen. But with not just listening, we have to actually show we're listening by hearing them out and, and showing some change that in the right direction that, that's going to help you know both sides that, you know, Hey, we hear you. We hear what, how you feel, and and, and this is what you know we're gonna do. I know uh, the eight can't wait has been going across the country, and I and I feel that the office here um, is listening and, and really trying to put forth what 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 they're listening to by showing that they're putting those into um, their recommendations for how how we do uh, things that here at the office. Also, I feel that you know the community and getting involved in the community and being very fortunate that I had discussed before with doing the programs that we have here. Um, I feel that if we can reach some of these younger kids and, and show them, you know, kind of who we are, and then if God forbid that we ever come across each other again, even is it just a meeting someone as a witness or a crash or anything like that, you know, there's that trust that we built at such a younger age um, that they're comfortable with saying, hey, you know, this is what happened or or just even just seeing them in the store and saying hello. I mean, that, that's something that happens quite a bit with me with, with being in school resource and you have almost 3000 kids for four years. Uh, you come across quite a few and I've come across some of these kids, um, you know, and they're, some of them are thankful or, and they'll talk to me and tell them where they're at now. And it's exciting to see that there's a couple uh, that actually that were in my program that want to now go into law enforcement after doing the Depson Kids program. So I feel that um, here in Nisworth County, I think we're in the right direction, but we just got to keep our ears open. Thank you. And you mentioned something while you're talking, eight can't wait. Is that what it was called? Yes. And what could you explain what that is just a little bit? The It's like the conversation uh, that's been kind of going on throughout the country that, um, that it's just something that people are wanting for pretty much all the law enforcements to kind of have, you know, banning chokeholds or um, the duty to intervene or, you know, wearing a um, camera or things like that. So there's a, a list of eight things that they would like to see changed in a lot of agencies. And, um, you know, I think here in the office, I think we're ahead of the game with a lot of things that was being recommended that we're already doing. Thank you so much for that. And I did ask what was the hardest thing. So I think it's only fair to ask, what is it that you love most about your job? And Anthony, why don't you start? I love being able to bridge the gap between law enforcement and the community. Um, me being from the neighborhood, being from Tampa and my family being from Tampa affords me the benefit and the luxury uh, of having a inherent relationship with the community. Um, but also just being able to build on that relationship and watch some of our youth flourish um, it is, is, a, is a huge benefit. And that's probably the biggest and best part of, of, um, of being a law enforcement, specifically for me. And Michael, what is it that you um, love most about it? Um, I'm, a, I'm a big community person. Um, and uh, that, that's kind of one of the reasons why I got into help people and, um, you know, I know sometimes we see them in, in, in the worst positions, but um, I, 
knowing that you help someone and, and sometimes you even reach back out again and um, no matter what it is I mean I've even had someone call me on uh, that I've arrested and after dealing with them and, and talking with them they called me and thanked me um, for getting them back on the right track because sometimes you don't know why people are at such a low point in their life so um, you know those conversations um, you know when someone does call back and say hey thank you that, that means a lot to me um, so I think that's one of the most important things at least for me um, with being in law enforcement. Well, I just want to thank both of you for your time today. I appreciate you for um, just giving us a little bit of the law enforcement perspective uh, here in my state, here in Florida. Uh, and if there's anything that you'd like to hear us talk about here at In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that is kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. That's all the time we have for today. But until we have a chance to speak again, be blessed. <laughs>